0: Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Have you been naughty or nice? <laughs> it was the night before Christmas.
1: As you know, yesterday uh, we had nine people that were unaccounted for. Uh, as of today, there have been nine bodies found inside the residence. Uh, The coroner's office has ceased their operations right now. Uh, There is the uh, the crime scene investigation component is going on now. Once that is completed, uh, it's our anticipation that we'll have to, because of the structural integrity issues with the uh, the property, uh, the house will have to be bulldozed once we release the scene. Uh, If I may, let me walk you through uh, the chronology of the events uh, as best I can and the best information that we have right now. Uh, Again, this happened about 11.30 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Uh, There was a family party being held at the residence on Nolcrest, attended by about 25 people. It appears that uh, Mr. Pardo uh, drove to the location and uh, parked uh, his car in the driveway one house east of the party. He was dressed in a Santa suit and brought with him a homemade device, uh, which we'll release pictures uh, of that later for the press. Uh, The device basically consisted of two tanks, one which contained either oxygen or CO2, and the other smaller tank uh, appeared to contain racing fuel. Um, It was a homemade device that uh, was basically built where once he he mixed those two items, uh, it would turn into a vapor or uh, atomized, and he was able to deliver that inside the residence. Mr. Pardo was armed with four handguns uh, when he went into the residence. All four handguns have been recovered and to the best of our belief, as of right now, all guns were empty. Uh, Once the shooting stopped, it appeared that he then uh, retrieved the uh, uh, the homemade uh, device, uh, activated that and went through the house basically delivering that and releasing a a gas vapor inside the house. Uh, There's no indication that he ignited the vapor, but the, the vapor was able to be ignited either by a pilot light or if there was a candle inside the house. Because obviously there was an explosion that occurred inside the house.
0: Merry Christmas, everybody! Welcome to the Vile Files party. Is hey, that rhyme? That was
2: actually pretty good. Thanks. I'm thoroughly impressed. I'm
0: good at freestyling. Yeah, it's that <laughs>
2: rapper boyfriend. It's that rapper boyfriend <laughs> life right there.
0: <laughs> Check out the Free Boys. <laughs> that wasn't. That was a shameful plug. Yeah, that was a yeah, shameful it's plug. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Well, hi. It's a Christmas episode. If you haven't noticed from our brand new intro, that was just so Christmassy and lovely.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and made by your favorite little
0: hoe over there, Malbe. Yeah, I make all of our audio. Just saying, with the help of my rapper boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I thanks Dana. Thanks Dana. Well, today we will be covering a pretty well-known Christmas, I guess, family side because it's a family. I don't know if that only means it's the it's the dad, but. It is um the Covina Christmas Massacre. If you mm-hmm. haven't heard this one, it's pretty brutal. When I heard yeah. it, I was shook to my core. Shook us. Very very violent. So are we ready um. for Merry Christmas? Christmassy time.
2: (laughs) Here's your gift. A freaking podcast about murder. Yeah,
0: here's your gift. A box full of murder. (laughs) Um, Anyway, let's jump right in. So, this story is revolved around a man named Bruce Jeffrey Pardo. Now, Bruce Pardo was born on March 23rd, 1963. His father was an engineer, and from a very, very young age, Bruce had already showed that he was really good with mathematics. Uh He kind of followed in his father's footsteps by also becoming an engineer himself. He was super... Smart. Super intelligent. Oh, my gosh. Very smart. He wasted his smarts. Let's just say that.
2: <laughs> oh, dang. Okay.
0: He graduated from John H. Francis Polytech High School. And That's a l-
2: mouthful. Sorry. Yeah,
0: I know. Big, big school. <laughs> and later, he also graduated from California State University with a degree of computer science. Okay. Bruce was kind of described as a center of attention, and he loved the spotlight, He was loud, and he loved when people laughed at all of his really, really stupid jokes. Like
2: dad jokes almost?
0: Kind of dad jokes. He was kind of described to have, like, that fratty, jockey boy-type personality, kind of, like... Class clown? Class, yes, like a class clown, but I, in my opinion, say poorly-taste jokes. Not particularly Uh, like he had a refined comedy skill, but just kind of like, all right, dude, we get it. So he's that kind of guy. Okay. And he's also an Aries.
2: <laughs> I almost stopped you and, like, when you were saying that he was born, like, his birthday and whatever, I almost stopped you and was like, What's his sign, Molly?
0: He's an Aries. So he's got some chaotic energy. <laughs> I love you, Aries, but, like, damn. He had no problem with being outgoing and socializing and having all the eyes on him. I also read an article in the Los Angeles Times that. At Bruce's college graduation, he carried a life-size inflatable doll with him. What? For actually no reason, but just because he thought it was, like, super funny.
2: Like a blow-up doll? Yeah, like a blow-up
0: doll. So those are Bruce hmm. Pardo's comedy skills.
2: That are not tasteful <laughs> Not at tasteful. All. Okay.
0: A former girlfriend of his said this about Bruce in quotes. He was like a big kid. Goofy and lovable, sometimes too goofy. He did invite this same girlfriend on a float trip, and something had happened to where she had fallen off the boat and almost drowned. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't a funny like ah, you Experience, just fell off. Yeah. It was like, like it was serious. It was serious, and she was scared, and the other the other friends were scared too. And the whole entire time, he was just laughing. He. Oh. Just thought it was hilarious. And this is what that same girlfriend had to say in quote about that. He didn't get the severity of what happened. He was very, very intelligent, but common sense lacking.
2: Mmm, book smart, but not street smart.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Friends and coworkers said that he was exceptionally bright, and he landed a job as a software engineer at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in La Canada, Flintwood. That's really confusing. It's in California, guys. So it's just a jet propulsion laboratory in California. Okay. He wasn't the best co-worker, however. Mm. Once a colleague had recalled that he hacked into the computer's, like, database yeah. and basically stole information on all the co-workers' salaries. Oh, fuck. And just saw how much they were making, and there wasn't real reason why he did that. He just kind of— mischievous jerk yeah so he seemed to kind of come and go as he pleased when it came to work Mm -hmm. whenever it was winter time or got colder outside he would leave and come back with like fresh tan lines like goggle lines so he was just kind of in for party only yeah while he worked at jpl he met a woman there named Delilah. In 1988, when Bruce was 24, him and Delilah got engaged. They invited 250 guests to the nuptials, and uh, Bruce, he didn't even have a lot of money. He had actually pretty much no money. He was living with his mom at the time, so Delilah had to dip into her savings account to afford this beautiful wedding at a country club and a reception and she even paid for their honeymoon to go to tahini.
2: She paid for
0: her own fucking wedding. Yeah, she paid for it. She dipped into her her bank account, her savings to pay for wow. the wedding and Bruce didn't contribute a dime what to the that. Fuck? So on the wedding day, June 17th, 1989, his fiance as well as his brother Brad And his mother, Nancy, Mm -hmm. were all there an hour early waiting for Bruce to show up. He never showed up (gasps) to his own wedding, literally left her at the altar, never showed up, never called, never said anything. The next week, his fiancée, Delilah, learned that he had withdrawn $3,000 from her credit union account, Uh. and he went on a vacation to Palm Springs and blew all that money. What the... Fuck. Upstanding gentleman. (laughs) In 2001, Bruce is now 37 years old and he meets another woman named Elena. And when he met Elena, everyone seemed to think that Bruce found the settled down girl. He found the girl that he actually was going to love actually was going to be with, mm-hmm. they moved in together, and they even had a baby boy together, and they named this baby Bruce Matthew. Just so you guys know, from now on, I'm going to call him Little Bruce and call Daddy Bruce Big Bruce. So just <laughs> so, just so you guys know. So a week after New Year's, when little baby Bruce was only 13 months old, he had a really horrible accident when daddy bruce Uh was supposed to be watching him Uh. he decided that he didn't really need to pay close attention to his 13 month old baby so instead little baby bruce had wandered into the backyard and fell into the (gasps) swimming pool and big bruce didn't notice when elena came home she finds daddy bruce screaming and holding little Bruce in his arms. And that's when baby Bruce was hospitalized for a week. After that one week mark, the doctors had told Elena and Bruce that baby Bruce would never fully recover. Mm. Baby Bruce was forever brain damaged and is now paraplegic from this accident. All because Bruce couldn't watch him.
2: Watch your one-year-old son.
0: After they found out that he would never recover from this accident elena and daddy bruce split up Mm -hmm. neither elena or baby bruce would ever see daddy bruce ever again so bruce pardo was basically like oh my son is paraplegic brain dead and now this is and now he's dead to me yeah pretty much and now he never once contacted him ever again since (sighs) that incident in 2004, a co-worker of Bruce introduced Bruce to his sister-in-law, Sylvia Ortega. Sylvia was born on July 5th, 1965, to Joseph and Alicia Ortega, and she was one of five children. Mm-hmm. Her siblings were James, Charles... Alicia and Leticia. Her parents, Joseph and Alicia, had been married for 53 years, and family was a huge thing for them. Mm -hmm. They moved to the United States from Mexico, and together they opened up an industrial painting company. They were really, really hardworking people. They basically worked their way literally from the bottom to the top and lived a very honest, nice life. When Joseph was 23... He met Alicia in their hometown of Mexico. He said that when he saw her, he ran to his sister and said, I'm going to marry that girl. So they definitely had that old-fashioned, really cute type of love. All the neighbors and friends would say that they were just an awesome and and loving family. Their next-door neighbor also told the Los Angeles Times, when you walked into the room, every one of the Ortega kids would get up and give you a kiss and a hug. They were the most respectful family I had ever known, and it all started with Joe and Alicia. So all of the siblings just, they had a really good family life, and they had an insanely beautiful example of a really good relationship. You know, their parents were together their entire Life. life, and it radiated through their family. That's good. Now, on June 29th, 2006, Bruce, Pardo, and Sylvia Ortega got married. He actually did show up to this wedding. After their their wedding, Bruce bought a three-bedroom home for them and Sylvia, and Sylvia had a four-year-old daughter from a past marriage, Mm -hmm. and she also moved into the family's house as well. Yeah,
2: of course.
0: Almost immediately after they had gotten married, they started fighting about money, and Bruce started acting pretty shady. Saying things like he wanted to open up his own bank account and he wanted his own his own money, what? basically trying to kind of get some more independence. I don't yeah. think he. To me, I don't feel the vibe that Bruce Pardo wants to be committed. Yeah. So him saying, "I want to open up my own bank account. I want to do my own thing." Is him probably just trying to separate himself yeah. from his marriage?
2: That's Absolutely.
0: Obviously, that. Portion would cause a huge tension in their relationship money caused a huge tension in their relationship and another thing that put huge tension in their relationship was sylvia just now found out that bruce had a son so bruce never (gasps) once told her oh i have a son oh by the way i was watching him whenever he was in an accident oh double by the way he's paraplegic oh triple by the way I aband- I it. I, yeah, I abandoned him. So she just found that out, and she's probably so shocked that yeah. the man that she married, she would never Could marry. Do that. Yeah, do that. would that yeah. would do that. And on top of that, she found out that Bruce still had never contacted his son once since the accident, Yeah, but was still using him as a write-off on his taxes.
2: <gasps> no freaking way.
0: Yeah. So this was a huge turnoff for Sylvia and probably... She's definitely having second thoughts about who Bruce really is. Yeah,
2: I would definitely fucking question my whole entire marriage.
0: Oh, to find out that your husband has a kid Yeah. that you didn't know about? Yeah. Who
2: who did I marry at this point?
0: Absolutely. So on March 7th, 2008, almost two years after they got married, they decide to separate. Sylvia asked Bruce if she could stay in the home while her daughter was finishing the last months of kindergarten. Mm -hmm. But Bruce... (laughs) Bruce decided to move her belongings into the driveway while she was at her niece's birthday party. So instead of being like, oh, you know what the good thing to do is? Let this little girl live her rest of her kindergarten out in a stable living home. No, I'm just going to put all of her stuff in the driveway while she's not home. And just be toxic asshole. This is when Sylvia filed for divorce and moved in with her sister in Glendale, California. Bruce's brother thought that this breakup was causing Bruce a lot of depression. However, Sylvia said that he was always like cordial enough with her. On June eighteenth, two 2008, a Burbank judge ordered Bruce to pay $1,785 a month in spousal support <laughs> Bruce's first check bounced. Of course. Of course. And after the first check bounced, he just stopped making payments altogether. (laughs) A for effort, Bruce. A for asshole. On June 13th, Bruce drove to a gun shop called Gun World, located in Burbank, California, and he paid $999 in cash for a Sig Sayre 9mm handgun. gun. <laughs> I don't know what the name of that gun is. I'm not really good with that, but he bought one.
2: Um. So you can spend about $1,000 on a fucking gun, but you can't pay your spousal support?
0: This was literally five days after yeah, his check bounced. that's what I'm saying. Like... So, yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah. Bruce. Bruce. We
2: all have words.
0: <laughs> On July 31st, Bruce was fired for billing fraudulent hours at his work.
2: Not surprised.
0: Not surprised. <laughs> he did apply for unemployment, but they denied his request because he wasn't eligible. Good. So now Bruce is going through divorce. He is unemployed, not getting any money. And I just think that's important when we listen to the mental state of, like, all the, all the things that he's doing after this point. So, a quick little mention. In California, you're only able to buy one concealed firearm every 30 days per customer. So, Bruce bought four more of these guns on August 8th, September 8th, what? October 11th, and November, November 13th. What? So, once a month, he bought one of those guns because... He why was only that? allowed to buy those, but he didn't skip a beat. I mean, every month he was, like, buying one, yeah, buying like one, buying one. Yeah,
2: instantaneously. Yeah, like,
0: almost, like, on the day. Yeah.
2: Hmm, what are you planning? <laughs> Can't be good.
0: So Bruce visited a friend in Iowa, and while he was there, he bought 16 handgun magazines, each of which could hold 18 bullets. Now, the reason why he bought those in Iowa was because in California— You can't hold that many bullets in a magazine. So he was able to hold eight more bullets in these magazines that he bought in Iowa. Yeah, because
2: it's an extended mag. Yeah,
0: he just wanted more. Yeah. More, more, more. On September 8th, Bruce contacted a neighbor by the name of Jerry DeYotte. I'm sorry, Jerry, if I said your name wrong. but She owned a costume shop called Jerry's Costumes, and he told her to make him a Santa Claus outfit that he needed for a child's party. He gave her a $200 deposit on the suit and promised to return in November to pick it up. He also requested that the suit have extra space inside.
3: You know, when I first heard it, I knew he was wearing a Santa suit and I knew who he was because I had seen him but uh, more than one time. So, um, but I didn't think anything of it until they were saying that he used the Santa suit and he put stuff in the Santa suit like guns and whatever he used and and then it kind of freaked me out thinking that maybe he had already planned this for a long time
0: Jerry Diaz says Pardo appeared to be a decent man he had bought and rented from her costume store before he had even shared a family picture with her from Halloween
3: and like I say he stopped here he ushered at the church across the street he stopped here a couple of times and knocked on the door and said hi how are you how's your dog and mine's fine you know and da 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 and you know I just just nice
0: guy. So in October, Bruce attended his friend Irwin's forty-fifth birthday party, and when he was there, he started to talk to Irwin about all the things that was going on in his life, including his divorce with Sylvia. Irwin claims that Bruce seemed embarrassed about his personal life, and that he also was angry at the fact that his mother. Stop talking to him because his mother would sit on Sylvia's side of the court mm-hmm. during the divorce hearings, and apparently Bruce's mother was fully on Sylvia's side during the whole entire thing. Good. Good for Bruce's mom. Yeah. Irwin also mentioned that Bruce helped Irwin's children with their algebra homework— and he also left seven $1 bills under his nine year old son's pillow, which is fucking weird because those $7 should have gone to your son's pillow, but okay, yeah. Bruce. Yeah, or spousal support. Or anything else besides like guns, yeah. magna- magazines with thousands of bullets inside. So, one week before Christmas, Bruce and Sylvia had another hearing for their divorce. Uh-huh. And this is when their divorce was legally finalized. Bruce agreed to pay $10,000 to his ex-wife, Sylvia. And Sylvia also got ownership of their dog, Saki, and got to keep her diamond engagement ring. It's at this point that Sylvia moved in with her parents in Covina, California. In the week before Christmas, Bruce rented a Dodge Caliber from Budget. And he also rented a silver Toyota... Rev. 4 from Rent-A-Wreck. On Christmas Eve of 2008, he drove the Toyota to Glendale and parked it near the home of his ex-wife's attorney.
1: You know we found a, uh, another car associated with the crime that was rented by Mr. Pardo parked in the city of Glendale. Uh, what we've determined is that car was parked within several hundred feet of uh, Mr. Pardo's ex-wife's divorce attorney's home. This was not a random act of violence.
0: So later that night, Bruce's next-door neighbor stepped outside to his porch, and he was going out there to smoke a cigarette with his nephew. And Bruce walked by, and he kind of greeted them, like said hello. Yeah. And he told them that he was off to a Christmas party. And his next-door neighbor thought that it was kind of odd because... Bruce drove a black Cadillac, and he also had a white Hummer. And instead, he was getting into a Dodge that was parked in the street. Yeah. So he was kind of like, I do not just seemed kind of weird yeah. to him. So at around 10 p.m., Bruce's younger brother, Brad, had shown up to Bruce's house because they were planning on going to this holiday party together. So Brad was going to come pick Bruce up. But obviously, when he got to Bruce's home, he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Now, every single year, the Ortega family would throw these huge Christmas parties at Sylvia's parents' house. And like we already covered, the Ortega family is just so wholesome and awesome. And they have every one of their families coming. They would even invite neighbors over because they were just wholesome AF. <laughs> The party had an attendance of around 25 people this time... ...of family and friends. Yeah. After Christmas dinner at around 11 p.m., a few members of the family, including Joseph and Alicia, which is Sylvia's siblings... They decided to play a game of Texas Hold'em, and some of the children went to, like, the back part of the house to play video games together. Okay. 17-year-old Michael Ortega, which was Sylvia's nephew was upstairs, like, playing on his computer. So they all kind of dispersed and started to do just the fun Christmas family things. Let's play with our new toys. Let's play with our new games and stuff like that. So out of nowhere, they hear a knock at the door. Sylvia's eight-year-old niece, Letitia's daughter, Mm -hmm. Katrina, runs up to the window and takes a look outside, and she sees Santa Claus at the door. And in his hand, he has a gift-wrapped Christmas present. And, of course, Katrina, being literally an 8-year-old girl, is yeah. so excited. So she runs up to the door in excitement and pulls the door open while saying, Santa, in a very excited tone. Yeah. The second that this door was flung open, this Santa shot her directly in the <gasps> face with a semi-automatic handgun.
2: Oh,
0: after the gunshot was fired, everything and everybody in this home kind of just went to straight up holy shit mode. Yeah, and they froze. Panic, chaos. Yeah. Some of the family members like ran under tables and chairs trying to protect themselves. Others were running around like in literal panic trying to help protect other family members. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a really good thing that the kids were in the back of the house because most of them were able to escape. But during all the madness, Sylvia's brother, Charles Ortega, actually got a good look at the Santa and he instantly realized who it was. When he looked at the Santa, he yelled out loud, it's Bruce. (gasps) He was immediately shot and killed after he said this. Some family members said that they did see James and also Charles, so mm-hmm. Sylvia's two older brothers, try to take Bruce down even after they had been shot. Oh! They said that they got up while dripping in blood trying to save the rest of the family. Joseph, Alicia, and their three daughters— Sylvia, Leticia, and Alicia, so basically the whole family, Sylvia's parents and her two sisters, they hid under the table and they all were shot. Every one of them died but Leticia. Now, because Leticia survived, she started looking around for her daughter Katrina, obviously the Katrina that just got shot in the face by Santa Claus. And she noticed that Katrina was stumbling out of the house. So she was still mobile, she was still moving. And so Katrina ran after her. According to the LA Times, some of the family members that were there said that they thought they saw Bruce like pick Katrina up and pretend to be like a happy, like, ha ha ha, I'm Santa Claus, and then put her down and then shoot her in the face. Other people say he just, the door just swung open and then he shot her. Either way, it's just fucked up that this little girl thought santa claus was like bringing a present to the home after the shootings bruce unwraps this perfectly pretty wrapped christmas present and inside the christmas present was a homemade (gasps) flamethrower he then started to set the entire house on fire literally every inch of this and of course bruce having that engineer background and just that super intellect This flamethrower was fucking insane. Legit. It was legit. Now, like I said, Sylvia's nephew Michael, the 17-year-old that was playing on the computer, he was trapped and he was killed in the fire. At eleven twenty seven PM, Leticia calls nine one one and I'm going to play that for you right now. Sylvia
2: Nine One One Um yes, I'm on North Avenue. And officers en route. he changed
3: his Santa Claus clothes. Okay let me know what he's wearing. Black clothes I'm uh, laughing on. Neighbor there are frantic screams for help coming from the inside of this home. These are the transcripts of the 911 call. He's shooting, he's shooting. Two dozen people are at a Christmas party when a man dressed as Santa Claus goes on a rampage. The panic caller tells the 911 operator she knows the shooter. His name is Bruce Pardo. He's my ex-brother-in-law. He's still shooting. He's knocking out the lights. He came in through the entrance of the door in a Santa Claus suit. I didn't see them when he shot. Police say 45-year-old Bruce Pardo went to the Christmas party dressed as Santa because he knew it was an annual family tradition. When an 8-year-old girl opens the door, Pardo pulls out a semi-automatic weapon and shoots her. The caller tells the operator, My daughter's been shot in the face. She was shot in the face and she's bleeding. Police say Pardo then begins shooting at everyone in sight. Some hide under furniture, others jump from windows to escape. Then he pulls out a canister of racing fuel disguised as a holiday package.
0: Now, when all was said and done, nine people died either by gunshot or fire and 13 children lost their parents during that massacre. So just all the siblings yeah. that lost their parents, it was 13 in total, literally ruining Christmas for 13 kids that had to grow up to adults and know that every year for Christmas that their parents died. Yeah. Now miraculously, 8-year-old Katrina survived the gunshot wound Aww. because she had turned her head at the very last second, so mm-hmm. the bullet basically hit through her jaw area. <sighs> And if she wouldn't have, like, done that split-second turn, she probably wouldn't have made it. Sylvia Ortega, his ex-wife, died at age 43. Alicia Ortega, Sylvia's mother, died at age 70. Joseph Ortega, her father, died at age 80. Charles Ortega, her brother, died at age 49. And his wife, Sherry, was 45. She also died James Ortega, her other older brother, died. And also his wife, Teresa Ortega, died. And Alicia Ortega, Sylvia's sister, who she had she had remarried, so her last name is actually Ortiz, died at age 46. And Alicia, 17-year-old son, Michael, died. So pretty much yeah. the whole immediate family it was gone. gone. Just gone. Most of the family was killed execution style. The bodies were so badly burned in the fire that it was hard to tell them apart or tell who they even were. They had to use dental records just to tell and confirm that it was the family members.
3: The two-story home belonging to Pardo's former in-laws is engulfed in flames. The bodies of nine people are burned so badly, they have to be identified using dental records.
0: There was a 16-year-old that was attending the party, and he was shot but survived. A 20-year-old that was attending the party jumped from a window, and she broke her ankle. But other than that, there was no other major injuries to any of the kids that were at the party.
2: Good.
0: When firefighters arrived at the scene, the house was literally engulfed with flames almost 50 feet in the air. It took 80 firefighters one and a half hours just to get the house in control. Wow. That's how much... He knew his shit. That's how intense that flamethrower was, that it was engulfing the entire thing. After the massacre, Bruce changed out of his Santa suit and put on, like, all black. He put his flamethrower back in the rental car, he then drove 40 miles to San Fernando to his brother's house. Uh-huh. He went inside his brother's house, sat on his brother's couch, and then shot himself while sitting on his brother's couch. What? Yeah. The gunshot went up his mouth and exited at the top of his head, leaving what the autopsy report said was an irregular X-shaped exit wound. So I saw the picture on the autopsy, not of his actual brain but the the diagram and it literally looks like that stereotypical X kind of rip. Yeah. That's how it exited his skull. Wow. When the exit wound is on top of the head it usually means that he had inserted the gun basically all the way down his mouth before he pulled the trigger. The medical examiner also noted that he had several areas of burns and his skin was slipping over 40% off of his left arm. So 40% of the skin on his left arm and hand was just slipping off his body because of how badly burned he was. The majority of his lesions on his body appeared to be second to third degree burns. His thighs were also severely burned with second to third degree burns and his Santa Claus pants actually had melted into his skin.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. That was graphic. Like, I was (laughs) not expecting.
0: Sorry. (laughs) The autopsy also revealed that he had done cocaine earlier that night. Of course you did. He was also found still wearing his wedding ring. Sylvia's wedding ring. Like, their wedding ring.
2: You didn't want to be with her. Why are you wearing the freaking wedding
0: ring? I think it was an excuse for... I think that... Is his way of saying, "Oh, I had a reason for it. Oh, I still loved her. It just hurt so badly. I couldn't control what I did. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. that type of cop out. I don't know Disgusting. per se." But that's the way it feels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knowing Bruce's personality. Just trying to have an excuse
2: or a reason behind it instead yeah. of just having like no justification at all.
0: Pretty much. That's so how stupid. it feels to me. So, at around 3:30 a.m., Bruce's brother gets home and he finds his dead brother on his couch and he called the police. Yet again, Bruce is leaving a trail. He didn't need to do that. Yeah. I mean, coming home to see your brother on Christmas, dead on your couch, like, that's just not You're okay. You're traumatizing
2: your brother for no fucking reason. He's As already, if it wasn't
0: traumatizing
2: yeah, enough. That's what I was going to say. He's already going to be fucking traumatized once he realizes what you've done on Christmas. Yeah. And the fact that he had to walk in on your body. Yeah. That is so selfish. Oh, so, it's so selfish.
0: But Bruce is so selfish, dude. A lot of the law enforcement and the people who were, like, into this case they suggested that Bruce killing himself wasn't really, like, the plan Mm -hmm. because he had booked a ticket from Canadian Airlines and had also made plans to fly out and visit his friend Erwin. So he had legit plans after Christmas. We don't really know for sure, but they also found $17,000 worth of cash wrapped around one of his legs in a plastic bag. Oh, fuck. So that's another indication that he might have been trying to run.
2: Yeah. I'm wondering if he decided against it because he knew that he left people alive that could ID him.
0: Well, from what I read around... It seemed like the biggest theory was because he had so badly injured himself during the attack that he just didn't see a point of going on. Like he half his body was straight up yeah. mutilated from the fire, and people think that that was be- that's why he killed himself because he was like, "Well, I'm already fucked up.
1: Yeah, like
0: I don't have a point. That's but fair. that's still a fair point. But we never, we don't even know. Investigators also found his rental car abandoned further away from his brother's house, so the Dodge. Mm-hmm. And inside of it, they found the costume, that the rest that wasn't burned to his body, the guns, the flamethrower, two hundred pounds of ammo, maps of the southern United States and Mexico, wow. water, food, clothing, a can of gasoline, and a laptop and a desktop computer. So that's another reason why they thought he was going to flee. Flee, yeah. Now, when the investigators found the costume they actually noticed that it was rigged up in a way that if you moved it, it would ignite and explode the car. And it was hooked up to that 200 pounds of ammo. What? Yeah, so if you move, the whole damn car was gonna basically explode. gonna explode.
2: Fucking engineering.
0: It, right. Thelma,
4: he'd been planning this for some time, and you mentioned that recent bitter divorce. Was there a history of violence, though,
3: between the couple? Police, Erica, say that they looked into the couple's history. They say they did not find any restraining order, anything like that. But that didn't mean that there wasn't a history between the couple themselves. They say that he absolutely was planning this. They went through his things and they found detailed manuals with drawings and plans for how to carry out these devices and how to make them.
4: So so how to make those devices, and we know that he was planning on escaping after that. Any information on whether or not he he planned to continue this rampage and and hurt anyone else after
3: leaving this home? Yes, absolutely. When police went to look through his car, they actually found a Santa suit inside that car. They say that Santa suit was booby-trapped to set off hundreds of rounds of ammunition when they were going through it, trying to detonate it. The ammunition did go off. It destroyed the vehicle, burned it uh, completely. But thankfully, none of the investigators uh, were or the officers were, were injured in, in any of this. Amazing. They weren't harmed. It's so disturbing. Thelma Gutierrez, thanks.
0: When they reached Bruce's home, they found four more shotguns, more ammo, and more containers of the gas that he used for his flamethrower. Now, it was later found out the reason why I said earlier that he parked his car next to Sylvia's attorneys. attorneys. He planned on killing him that night, too. Wow. He also planned on killing his own mother because she actually... was
2: on Sylvia's side. Yeah,
0: yeah, because she was on <laughs> Sylvia's side. But check this out. Every year for those parties, the Ortega family, they would invite Bruce's mother and... Bruce's mother actually was going to go there that night, but she said that she was kind of feeling sick and she didn't go. So So, he
2: would have shot up his own freaking mom.
0: Yeah, because he thought that she was going to be there. Now, not soon after the massacre, Bruce's mother said that she reached out to the rest of the Ortega family, and she assumed that all of them would, like, hate her and blame her for it. I mean, I couldn't even imagine the guilt that you brought that person into the world, and they just massacred nine people. Yeah, But... The rest of the Ortega family said that it was fine and they assured her that they don't hate her and that they still loved her. Now, this is what Bruce's mother had said in quote after everything was said and done. I will say this to you. It would have been so easy for that family to hate me. I love them so much and it is very hard. This had to happen to them. So, although Katrina was probably... And probably still is so traumatized by literally being shot in the face by Santa Claus. She's actually now, current day, a super strong advocate in gun violence. And I have a few clips of her Mm -hmm. that I'm going to put in um, play for you guys. But she looks beautiful. Stunning. It doesn't even look like she was shot. shot at all. But she is really well spoken. She is a huge advocate for like school shootings. Yeah. Like she'll go to the protests and stuff like that. During a school walkout,
4: Katrina Yusef Polsky read the names of the 17 victims killed in Parkland, Florida one month ago. Gun violence is personal for the LaSalle High School student nearly 10 years ago she survived a Christmas Eve massacre when she was only 8. Being able to really fight for something that is truly, truly close to my heart is very different. It happened at her family's home in Covina when her aunt's ex-husband dressed as Santa Claus and armed with four semi-automatic weapons began shooting before setting the home on fire killing nine of her family members. Jozef Polsky was shot in the face. It's not something that I needed to know all of the details to. I just knew I had to keep fighting and I knew I would live my life to the fullest for each one of my family members and everybody affected by gun violence. She hopes to help others fighting the same battle and credits her mother's faith with shaping her perspective. Especially with Christmas time, it's been something of light now. It's something my family continues to celebrate instead of look down upon. Her classmate, Isabella Mares, Pasadena's 100th Rose Queen, asked Yusef Polsky for help. The two shot this video asking others to join them.
0: We wanted to walk out of our schools not necessarily to protest our personal schools but to protest against gun violence and to say that and also show respect to those that have lost their lives on the February 14th. They hope
4: this walkout will have a lasting impact on their peers. Do
0: not let this movement and this day of unity end here
4: and send a message to students at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School.
2: You're left here on this earth for a reason. You're left here for a purpose, and your job is to keep fighting and to shine that light on everybody else that has been affected.
0: That's actually the end of the story, but I'm going to leave this kind of weird little ending for you guys that I just think we all need to kind of appreciate. Okay. Bruce had no criminal record and never once had a violent crime before this massacre.
2: So he just snapped?
0: I just want you all to know that i <laughs> just want you to know that
2: i like what does it fucking take for you to just wake up one morning and just decide on massacring a whole family
0: of well, your ex's wife not a lot clearly because like, bruce went through the pretty normal he didn't even go through anything traumatic really yeah. he was just so Thought self-entitled that we know of but but still but still <sighs> merry christmas
2: Happy New
0: Year. Merry Chrysler. (laughs) God damn it.
2: Leil, see you next week. Yeah, see
0: you next week. Be a good person. Good person.
1: But I assure you that the acts of this madman are not going to define Covina.